Hi there. How mad would you have been if I didn't answer? How mad? Yeah. I don't know. I probably should have talked to myself in the mic for a little bit and then. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So you probably would have enjoyed it. I also would have been like full of shame because I'd have been like, I, I drew this upon myself by making <laughs> you wait at least five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Every other time. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, let's see. I had a nice, like, lonely Saturday and Sunday, which is good for me sometimes. Aww. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. That was not supposed to be sad. It was just, like, I've been working on stuff and uh, kind of, I don't oh. know. I got sucked into to our website last night trying to, like, change the layout and things like that. I just saw um, that you posted something, but I haven't even had time to read it. That's okay. You know, you gotta you gotta stay quick with the times. <laughs> I mean, look right now. What do we got here? Right. What do um, we got I, here? Well, so I, I actually submitted. Basically, someone from the Sanford Journal, Sanford with without a T, was like, "We need someone to write an op-ed about Paris, and like, we just need people to write down words." And I'm great at writing down words, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good opportunity to like write things without having to worry about whether it was like my shade over or whatever yeah um so I did that and I was like all right like maybe I should just be writing more and just like kind of fuck it about who what it's gonna look like so then I was like all right I'm gonna make the website a little more blog friendly and try and put up some more writing wait so where did it go because now I'm looking and I don't see it (laughs) oh no where are you on our Facebook page um oh it's not on our facebook page i posted it to myself oh to yourself oh okay yeah um well i'll be posting that um on our page so by the time okay. you're listening to this that will be up on love is a softballfield.com or on our facebook page 24 yeah it's there I'm now not a real artist Ooh. Mm-hmm. okay wait so where'd the paris thing go is this not posted oh no that's like I, that is like not for this. That's not for a public audience. That's like I did a service for the journal. Oh. And by that I don't mean I blessed them with my words and thoughts. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that they they needed someone to write something just because they're trying to like kick off an online thing. So Okay, I'm confused. You don't go to Stanford. Stanford without a T. Stanford Stan- School of Public Policy oh. at Duke University. <laughs> okay, okay. I kind of feel like my mom is like I can imagine her kind of muddling her breath a little bit being like, "You heard?" <laughs> Uh, Dawn, yeah, she probably does everything. My daughter's at Stanford. Stanford? Mm-hmm, Stanford. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I am saying Stanford. <laughs> well, honestly, it's hard for me sometimes to hear you just, like, with our phone connection. Like, when I'm listening sure. back to the podcast, I'm like, wow, it's very clear what she's saying. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree that I'm very clear, and I make myself very clear. What phone, what provider do you use? Uh, AT&T. Same. Well, thank God we I do, because I feel, I've heard that ours is a Verizon trap. Like, we have no Verizon service, so. Oh, really? Yeah, our house, yeah. So, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm reading your 24 reasons I'm not a real artist, and one of them is, I'm actually pretty good at math. Yeah. <laughs> Should we, I mean, so Adam suggested at one point that I, that I read things that I've written out loud. Do you think that's a value here or no? Yeah, let's do it. For sure. Should, do you want to read it or should I read it? I would like you to. Oh, you would like me to. Okay. Yeah, um, but, but I'm reading along just in case the connection's bad and it sounds like <laughs> you said I'm a fart teacher instead of an art teacher. Right, which would be <laughs> not as surprising as one would think. Um, I... I think that this is, I want to apologize, this is abuse of power. <laughs> I don't think that this is right necessarily, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I uh, think it's right. All right, 24 reasons I'm not a real artist. One, because I'm not. I'm just not. Two, in the eighth grade, my art teacher, Blythe, a much more creative name than mine, told me that I had the artistic ability of a second grader. <laughs> Highly degrading, yet honest and clarifying. <laughs> Three, Despite Blythe's assessment, I tried to succeed in many different artistic fields. I barely scraped past the novice level in most of them. Then I landed on being a writer since I've known how to spell since I was quite young. Four. The only thing I've created this month is this list, this numerically ordered list. Um, five. An artist That's not suffers true. from You've her work. You've created multiple podcasts. That's true. You're interrupting the artist process right now. <laughs> Sorry. 
five. An artist suffers for her work. I suffer, but not for my work. In fact, my work suffers for me. Whoa, that is a great line. Thank you. Oh my God, that just um, changed my life. I feel like you are doing the wrong thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, carry on. Actually, I kind of like the, I like that we're having a conversation about it because then I feel less nervous. Yeah. Um, all right, a six, I'm not starving. Well, in succession, that makes a little more comic sense, but whatever. Six, I'm not starving either. I like to eat. Seven, I'm actually pretty good at math. Eight, one time when I thought I would be a television writer, a teacher said, unless you truly can't imagine doing anything else with your career besides writing, you shouldn't put yourself through this work. And I got the hell out of that classroom and I've been searching for my career ever since. Nine, my fate brought me to Los Angeles on two separate occasions and then my fate made me hate Los Angeles and media and artists, sorry, Maddie. And so I got the hell out of that city. Oh, no, on neither occasion... Did I produce work? Um, I feel like you're trying to calculate how many artists I met in Los Angeles that semester. Was one of them Kevin Nahai? <laughs> Ten. I have tried to own my identity as a writer. I have refused my identity as a writer and moved on. Then I got sucked back into my identity as a writer, and throughout this whole process, I didn't actually write a damn thing. Eleven. I like following instructions. They're helpful and friendly. How are you supposed to know how to build a Millennium Falcon out of Legos without instructions? Twelve. I can't even write in a diary. I self-edit while I diary. That's how unfit I am to be an artist. 13. Everything I write sucks. 14. I'm not even sure I like writing. I would rather be in class all day. I only write when I procrastinate from homework. It's amazing how many times in my life I've felt my career, writing career is truly about to take off at the exact moment that I have other things keeping me busy. 15. I've never attempted to dye my hair. 16. I don't have any tattoos. I've always wanted a tattoo, but I, like in my writing, have been waiting for inspiration for four years. You're going to get 17. a tattoo? Maybe. We'll talk about that later. 17. I want to be liked and I hate being misunderstood. That's my lucky 18. number, so I identify with that one. Just <laughs> 18. Just I'm in it for all the wrong reasons. I just want a million people to read my words and laugh with me. 19. When I'm lonely, I call up my friends to keep me company because I don't want to be alone with paper and pen. Mm-hmm. 20. I do not get in the zone. If I'm writing and I think someone is even watching a commercial on TV in the room next door, I got to go in there and be a part of the action. 21. Sometimes I can see a finished project in my head, or rather I can see the spirit of the finished project in my head, then I just sit at my desk with my mouth hanging open until drool drips onto the blank page in front of me. A real artist would at least call that watercoloring. <laughs> 22. I'm not sure I believe in free love. I'm just a lady looking for t- blah. I'm just a lady looking to be monogamous with another lady. How uncreative is that? <laughs> 23. I tried. I swear to God I have tried. In high school, I took photography, and I created one or two haunting death-themed series. But then I ran out of ideas. Then in college, I pursued a film certificate and made one lousy script, then ran out of ideas. Don't say I didn't try. I did. And then 24. I made this list of 24 reasons to represent all the years of my life that I have not been a real artist, which is to say all of them. (laughs) Wow. You, it's so funny. This is going to be, you were about to say something condescending and patronizing. No, I was going to say it's so funny how inaccurately you see yourself. Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to say it's so funny how much (laughs) that sounded like me before I realized at age 12 that I was truly an artist. (laughs) Don't project. Don't project your insecurities onto me. I was going to say something supportive. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You just once again fed right into (laughs) my point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love this. I think this is so creative and so funny and so relatable. This is a piece Thank of you. Art. I just took I just took an Enneagram test and it was like how to get along test? with an Enneagram. You'll hear that better when you listen back. An <laughs> Enneagram is like just a version of the Myers Briggs thing. Oh, really? Um, Can I take it? I want to do that. What is it? You must, yeah. <laughs> I had to do it for work because Monday and Tuesday we have a team retreat that I am joining remotely. <laughs> you're gonna be like those yeah. um, those little stands with wheels on it and an ipad and you like yeah control like in it. modern family <laughs> yeah except that then they're gonna go out and have their barbecue and then leave me inside i guess weren't we um, um talking about doing that for the women's march do I, I don't remember i don't think so <laughs> was that, was that just a a fantasy of yours <laughs> just being like i don't really want to go all the way to washington and i'm kind of scared of getting bombed and scared of terrorism and don't really like being on my feet and hungry and like sure sure like what if everyone just sent those little things out to to march for them uh, and then like i feel what- like it would lose a little bit of its power <laughs> yeah it, it could yeah um yeah anyway i 
wait, what were we talking about? Oh, oh yeah, I have, to, I have to go to the retreat virtually, <laughs> and I had to take a personality test. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, it is. And, and do you uh, think they're like, but, fuck this girl, this intern that we have to probably. keep on? I, sometimes I think that. Then I got one thing, an email response that was like, you're the best, great job. And I was like, no. Uh-huh. Well, I just, like, I did what they told me to do. Do you think you'll, like, fly out there at all, ever, to meet anyone, or are you just... <laughs> I might. I might try. I'm, I think I'm going to try and, like, spend most of August uh, in San Francisco, so... Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, what... I'm sorry to cut you off on your compliment, but you can share it now if you want. I don't remember it. <laughs> all right. That's fine. <laughs> um, basically... yeah I think it's just so funny like the way that you see yourself versus like how I see you and how other see you people see you and then also I feel like you're just like way overestimating artists which I think was part of your point (laughs) right like that was right I I mean that part of it is facetious like part of it is like all of those things were like reasons why I might also be an artist yeah well because like I don't know one single person who if you were to like really honestly keep distilling their intentions down like probably the only person I know whose goal isn't to just ha- connect with other people and have them laugh at them or love them or like them the only person who who does it for the sake of doing it that I know is my girlfriend but pretty much every single other person like of course everyone just wants to like like I don't know any artists who are like I just do it for the love love of the game like everyone has yeah everyone well, has an ego that needs to be fed and that's the point of creating something is to like make your mark and interact with people right and I feel like it's it's not necessarily like oh everyone wants to be famous but like people I feel like people want to share something you know like they have something in their head and they want to share it and whatever their medium is is the way that they they need to like express mm-hmm. it to other people right otherwise yeah. we would just be sitting there making sounds in our own head right <laughs> right yeah, yeah. I, I just think that like humans humans obviously all have the desire to create and it's like a rare human who does it for the sake of doing or most people do it for the sake of doing it but career right. career wise like to take it to the next level that has like that has to do with like a drive of like being the best or you know mm-hmm. like or creating something of meaning and then like what is mm-hmm. meaning to you like oh how many other people does it influence you know like right I don't know I think that there's yeah I don't think that like there are all these pure people just being like I love the process of staring at my computer screen not knowing what to do and being really bored and stuck inside (laughs) on a beautiful day like this is so great I think most people are pretty tortured about it and yeah and and I don't call it torture artist for nothing and then, like, obviously, you can worm – if you're really serious about it, you can worm in some discipline of just forcing yourself to do it anyways. But for the most part, right. like, creativity comes in bursts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Someone so, is definitely uh, listening to this right now being like, this girl's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Both of them should get out of their creative <laughs> fields. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I – uh, I, the the list was, was a little bit, like, facetious because like, – it was always, like, many points of it are, I went back, like, I, I somehow was drawn back into this whole thing, and, like, I think mm-hmm. that the, the compulsion thing is, like, for many people is the indicator for them. They're, like, I don't know, I just, like, kept on coming back to it. Yeah. Um. Exactly. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. we can well, discuss ho- the merits hope, of my I hope reading it aloud helped um uh it didn't it felt really weird actually (laughs) (laughs) i didn't i i wish you had read it but i well i feel like it prose like reading it like a narrative i would rather read out loud because i have like timed pauses but i feel like i really wasn't sure what to do with that one Mm. i thought you did great yeah yeah thanks um i had a show this weekend and all right um and it and it was like really fun and enjoyable and mm-hmm. i was just thinking about it like while while you were just saying whatever you were saying that i wasn't listening to um sure. i was thinking about how how it really felt like a like i actually was having fun on stage like it was one of the, it was one of the first times in like years where i really 
was just like genuine like some like things would happen that like genuinely made me laugh and like I was kind of like interacting with the audience a lot and just like cracking up and like having fun and then when I was like singing my songs I was like listening to the lyrics and like really performing them um, wow and what? that's like that's transcendent right that's the right word what'd you say oh transcendent I don't know um yeah, yeah it kind of I mean it just I don't know what it was but I think it has to do with the fact that I've just been performing a lot and mm-hmm. and I was thinking back to like this time last year um I hadn't even released like my EP yet and yeah. um and at this point last year I hadn't played a show in years so like my first show really? in, in years was this November I played a show like on my birthday basically and it was my first show What about show. the one that I saw you in your junior year of college (laughs) oh I guess that was years ago all right exactly um so like I played I like barely played any shows my senior year of college I played like we did the troubadour like our class um our final was at the troubadour but um I only played one song so I basically played like one song and then I didn't perform for like two and a half years out of college damn um and then I, like, released my EP, but, like, performing was still just a huge fear of mine. Like, mm-hmm. I really – I'm, like, way more comfortable in the studio. And I've always, I've always like, loved performing, and that was, like, my original love of music is just that, like, I used to love, like, even a when – A million my... people cheering along with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like, I would always be pissed that my mom would, like, force me to, like – play guitar at like family dinners and I'd be like oh this is so embarrassing but like I I also like liked it you know like I loved sure si- singing and playing and um, honestly you you I want to clarify for everyone listening right now that like you are imagining Maddie as like a seven-year-old being forced <laughs> to perform but this carried on like well until she graduated <laughs> high school like I was oh yeah I think we did that 2 a.m song the Anna Nalick song Oh, yeah. At, at a dinner party when I was, like, 16. So this is not just, like... Yeah. No, my parents are uh, yeah. shameless. My mom, <laughs> mainly. Um, they, she just assumes that anyone in the world wants to hear me sing and will just make me. She's just relentless. Um, and everyone's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, we have to... I mean, at least I got better. It was probably worse when I was a kid and, like, people had to sit through me, like trying to play some chords on a guitar that's honestly that's brutal on your on the part of your parents i know they're shameless <laughs> shameless is the word um anyways the point being that i've always really loved performing but um it really really intimidated me and right like especially like just in my adult life like just having to like having to like get players to play with you is really intimidating and like Right, all, right. All these people I know are like such good musicians and like so, you know, busy and like, you know, can be really like music schooly condescending about what right. music they listen to and like, and I, yeah. And just all, and like playing guitar in, in a band mm-hmm. really intimidates me because like, I mean, I'm comfortable playing just accompanying myself, but like having to play with a drummer or like other players and like right. really focus on keeping time just like fucks me up Um, right so anyways point being that I hadn't played in years and it was because of fear like I really wanted to and whenever I'd listen to my music I would like envision I would like picture it as a performance and I could always like see how fun it would be to perform but I just never did it and then in November I played my first show and then all of a sudden like I haven't even booked any shows myself. I just, like, keep having people being like, hey, can you jump on this bill? Can you jump on this bill? And I've played, like, ten shows this year, and I've played, like, three in the past month, and I can just – I feel like all of a sudden I, like, leveled up to a point where I'm just more comfortable now, and I could, like, actually really perform and enjoy myself, and it felt really satisfying. Damn. Yeah, I I wonder if that – I relate to that back when I thought I was going to be a stand-up comedian um, (laughs) – Because I thought, like, you couldn't be funny unless you are going to be a stand-up comedian. But I don't, I don't actually think that I'm – I think I could do it. I just don't think that it's actually what I want to do. But, like, I could see the joke. I could see that it would work. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's a process of, like, you're basically asking for the world's permission for you to get up there. You know, you're just, like – Right. 
making room for yourself and you're wondering if there's going to be room for you this is like a metaphysical room obviously there's plenty of room on a stage but like <laughs> is there a, like is there a reason why someone would want me to go on stage and do this and I feel like I don't know maybe maybe this is a lot of feminist theory revolves around women who are like how eating disorders are basically women scared to take up space in the world i mean there's a lot of reasons why people have eating disorders but some feminist theories about that is like the psychology of not wanting to be too large or too loud or too uh i don't know too commanding um so wondering if that's like you are dealing with a like a compounding of those two things like Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe you are maybe you aren't we never really know when the patriarchy is at work so anyway the bottom (laughs) line is there's a fear of of being rejected or not being wanted or being booed off stage totally yeah or worse people like clapping politely and then and then <laughs> hating it yeah and sometimes it's hard to like it's hard to even identify that fear when it's so deep rooted mm-hmm. exactly because yeah. if you were to ask me like what I think would happen like worst case scenario I'd be like oh like my voice cracks or like I sound bad or something and then it's like, okay, and then what? And then it's like, well, that's embarrassing. And then it's like, okay, but then what? Like, how does it affect right. your life? And you're like, well, well, it doesn't. And then I just, you know, keep working harder and yeah. warm up my voice more and try not to let it crack. Like, right. Like, there's, you, you can usually, like, you can usually come up with a counter to all of the, to all the things you're scared of if you start, uh-huh. like, really delving in. But it's just, right. like, I think at the very root of it, it has to do with, just self-worth and like mm-hmm. what is me doing something anything no matter what it is if you're like creating something it's like what gives me the right to like right exactly involve all these other people and like do mm-hmm. all this stuff just like for something I want to do right yeah which I is really why like I think sure. a lot of the most successful people are like fucking crazy egomaniacs because <laughs> they don't have that part <laughs> No, it's true. I like I the what makes me qualified question is I think just like so relatable. Mm-hmm. Or uh yeah, what gives me the permission basically. I wonder if any of that is like some sort of meta fear where you're worried that you if some if your voice cracks or something like that, like it's not necessarily that it's embarrassing, but um I wonder if it's a worry that that moment is then going to like shake your worth and make you stop wanting to be an artist like Right what's what's the what's the thing that could happen that might make you realize that you shouldn't be doing this and it all feels very like existential too it's like mm-hmm. what's the point of anything in that <laughs> like even if you grade a masterpiece it's like what is the point right this is this is yeah this is the one <laughs> that might be more torture artists <laughs> no i i somehow like i don't know how exactly but somehow that fits in with my assessment as well so yeah i don't think you're far off okay well that might be more per- right. person to person specific but... <laughs> <laughs> um last night i saw band-aid which is the film that i was r- raving about wanting to see last week um do you remember that Mm-mm. so it's an indie movie and the star is this woman, Zoe Lister-Jones, who I had seen in this one TV show that I start, that showed Life in Pieces. It's by the Modern Family creator. Um, okay. I had started watching that show. It's, like, brand new. I think this they just finished season one this year. But okay. it's, like, a really – it was a really cool show, and there's, like, this one actress on it that I, like, kept saying to Sheck, I she's so funny like I really really like her I feel like she's about to have a big career like I feel like she's there's like probably Mm -hmm. something more like I can I can feel it like I think she's about to have a big career and then um and then like the next day I saw um that she just wrote and directed and produced this movie and everyone was sharing all these articles like I know a lot of people who are just like in film or like went to film school or you know whatever um, so my newsfeed has a lot of those people on it, but everyone kept sharing these articles being like, Zoe Lister-Jones is fucking up the, the industry because she made an, oh, yeah. in, she made a, an entire movie with a, f- with a full female crew, like every, Get si- out. every single oh, crew, the crew member, the crew. like the, like every single lighting person, like 
costume designer, gaffer, like every single person on the crew was a female, which has never been done before. And um, and so I thought that was really cool. And I was like, fuck, she's so awesome. And then I saw Jesse Williams post about it on his Instagram because he had a cameo in it or not a cameo, like a small part in it. Um, so that's what we were talking is this about. A, is this something that's on? It didn't come out in theaters? Yeah, it's in theaters right now, but like indie theaters. Where did you, and you saw it in an indie theater? Yeah. I know that this sounds like really, really snobby, but I feel like maybe if I acknowledge my snobbiness, it's going <laughs> to come off as a little more, uh, a little more toned down. But like going to an indie theater is so fun because all the previews are like crazy indie movies that you would never hear yeah, about. Totally. Oh my gosh. And Sorry. Go ahead. That's all. I, I just thought it was exciting. I didn't want to go too far down the, um, the pretension <laughs> hole. I saw this trailer for what looks like the funniest movie of all time. I cannot wait to see it. Um, it's like Aubrey Plaza and oh, um, love her. and who's the other person? The cast is just ridiculous, but um, it's like based on the Decameron and Aubrey Plaza and like <laughs> some and someone else play these nuns. And it's like set in Shut like up. some other time period, and she's just like a nun, and they're like, they're like, pr- it opens the trailer opens with like them praying, and then Aubrey like whispers like, oh, like I want to fuck him so bad or something, and then it's like the most oh, and then um, the the dude from um, the guy from Portlandia, what's his name, Fred Armisen, he's he yeah. pl- he plays a priest, and Nick Offerman is like a king or something in it, and. The cast is just ridiculous. This sounds good. I'm excited for this. Yeah. So there was some good trailers in the movie, in, before the movie. All right. For sure. Cool. Um, but yeah, so the movie that I'm talking about is called Band-Aid, in two words. Yeah. Um, but it's basically Zoe Lister-Jones and then Adam Pally, who's like that guy from the Mindy Project. He plays Peter. Um, they're okay. like a, they're a married couple, and they're going through like, they're both creatives, and they're going through, like, a rough part in their marriage. And, like, I don't want to say what what is yeah. happening. But um, they end up, like, playing music to just, like, help get through their fights. They, like, start a, a married couple band. Um, and, like, Fred Armisen is their neighbor and ends up being their drummer. And it's just, like, it was so funny, so well done. And then, like, and then at the end, I just, like, I was, like, crying at certain parts of the movie. I think I'm just an emotional person. But then at the end, no. when, <laughs> when the credits started rolling, and I was just looking at the credits, and every single person was a woman, which is, like, so, I mean, you've obviously never seen it before, because it's never happened right. before. But usually, like, even if you, even if a movie, like, has a female director or something, like, usually every single credit that you see, it's, like, executive produced by this person executive produced and then produced and then head of lighting head of you know whatever like it's maybe like like the most you ever see like you'll maybe see a female name sometimes and you're like whoa how cool but it was just like it just made me tear up like watching the credits roll and just seeing like all of the women who were a part of this and Mm -hmm. I just was like really moved by that I thought that was really fucking cool that's great I mean yeah I can't imagine what that must have felt like Mm-hmm. Um, live. I who, imagine that oh, no, that's fine. the best thing we've had since November seventh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Liv, who listens to our podcast, said that she she heard me talking about this last week, and she was like, "Oh, I." She like basically ran errands for this movie because it. She, oh really? Yeah, she like had to like bring them guitars or like help fix up their guitar and like guitar tech for them or something um and run back and forth to guitar center she's one of the women i know just these awesome women women are just so amazing i i'm into them (laughs) really (laughs) you should create a a media conglomerate based on that (laughs) i am working on it currently (laughs) um okay so for Pride Month, I this month is Pride Month for those who don't have an internet. Um and I thought and that it, internet. <laughs> I 
I thought it would be um, cool if we could just like highlight a couple different topics like nothing I mean nothing crazy we're not professors we're not certified in this but I thought it I feel like um some of the most meaningful feedback that I've gotten from our podcast has been um a lot of like allies or people being like this really helped educate me like just just Mm -hmm. you talking about these things that that I don't hear spoken about often because I realize that like when gay people get together a lot of times you talk about your shared experience of being gay and we can all, you know, it just comes up a lot. But I feel like for a lot of like a lot of our friends and allies listening, um, a lot of these are just things that you don't hear about unless, you know, someone's willingly, openly talking about it in front of you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then for me, like that kind of extends into the trans community because I don't have any close friends who are trans and like I don't, I kind of have to go out of my way to like learn about this experience more. Um, But basically I came across this article a couple months ago um, that that was called trans broken arm arm syndrome and the way our healthcare system fails trans people. And Mm -hmm. um, it was just something that I had never, it had never really occurred to me before. Like I know I've seen like I've seen people who are activists, you know, maybe post a few things, but it just wasn't really, I hadn't thought about it in full detail. And I thought it'd be really interesting to just share with our listeners and like tell them yeah. a little bit about it. Just, just so that, I mean, I don't have a solution to it. I don't know, you know, what the answer is, but I think it's just interesting to know that this goes on. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought that it was an interesting article. So why don't you go ahead and give okay. us your take on it? Okay. Well, so basically, I don't even have a take. I'll just relay the information. So I just was kind of surprised to find um, there's an issue that is called trans broken arm syndrome. And basically, it just describes the way healthcare providers assume that all medical issues are a result of being a trans person. So like everything from a mental health problem to broken arms. So um, I I read from this article and since have learned that seeking healthcare as a trans person is just really difficult because even if you have like a cold or something there's like the doctors are just like unfortunately really undereducated about Mm -hmm. how to treat trans people and also there's major issues with like insurance coverage denials um so right so, so things can happen like you can be like i'm having a panic attack and they'll be like well maybe it's the hormones or like or like someone like in this article they're showing like a series of tweets and like someone said I went to the ER for a stomach bug once doc asked if I was making myself sick because I'm depressed over being trans like so there so there's some like outright discrimination that can happen like that but then also like you know it could be something like like them denying you like your health insurance being like if you need some surgery the health insurance can just send back like our recommended treatment would be to stop taking testosterone and to immediately get on birth control and like right. un- undo that. So so there's just like there's so many issues that can make it expensive. It can make like lack of access um, or it can it can make access less available for like getting treatment. Um, and then like there are also things that could happen like this woman was saying that she developed kidney stones and they were like this happens when you hold your pee a lot. Like, have you been doing that? And she was like, uh, yeah, because I'm fucking freaked out about which bathroom to use all the time in public and I hold my pee until I go home because right. either way, you'll be in the wrong one. Right. Um, and so then something that really surprised me in this article that I read is um, not a single medical school in the United States has a curriculum devoted to LGBT health issues, much less mm-hmm. transgender health issues. So um, the only thing, the only existing courses that do focus on LGBT health needs um, are electives, and they're usually taught by students, um, and it's just basically really tough to get um, medical school leadership to to change something. So Right, um, that was what Kelly was saying, right? Exactly, yeah. So we um, reached out to our friend Kelly, who is at Harvard, so like she's in one of the leading medical schools in the country, and I was like, is this true? Like, do you not have... Is this true, Kelly? Um, <laughs> do you not have any classes or anything? Like, do you not learn about it? And so she's been, like, really awesome, and she always forwards us, like, whatever resources and yep. things they do have. 
So she sent mm-hmm. us some cool stuff. And, like, I think her class in particular, like, her Harvard class of – they have, like, 200 kids or something, like, every year at Harvard. Um, so her class, I think the character of it is, like, very social justice-oriented and, like um, – Yeah, seemed- they're, they're medical school in the age of Trump, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it seems like they've had, like, some interesting opportunities. But, like, Kelly – Kelly is going to come on at some point, I think in a couple of weeks and like tell us about some of the seminars that she has done. But she but she did say she was like, yeah, I mean, like we don't learn about it. Like you have to pursue it outside of class. Like it's not just in the curriculum, which is so crazy that like you can be a human who lives in this country who just like medical professionals are just not even trained at all to meet your needs. Right. And I, I was thinking about this when you were talking about hormones, because, like, people take hormones for all sorts of reasons mm-hmm. anyway. Like, there's there's plenty of reasons why they, they exist for a reason, right? So someone's taking them for um, issues that might not even be related to trans health. Right. So I feel like in the category of understanding what hormones do to your body, like, why would that not just be a natural progression of, like, we'll, we'll include this in the hormone chapter when we talk about right. medicating, like, for totally. if you're uh, – treating for like breast cancer or something like that right um, like it, it's there's no reason why you i mean the, so in a lot of ways like these are just scientific facts like this is what happens to your body when you're on hormones so i don't understand why right. well i think that, just inco- i think that they might incorporate some stuff like that if it comes up but it might be like a sub chapter like there's no mm-hmm. course specifically de- dedicated to it but Maybe I mean, I don't want to say that they don't include it at all in their curriculum. But I think that right. they're also, like, so institutionalized that it's just really tough. To, like, the medicine world in particular is mm-hmm. so standardized and institutionalized that I think it's pretty tough to, like, change mainstream curriculum. Um, right. But also another interesting thing in this article, and I'm going to share this article on our socials. It'll be on our Facebook page. Love it as a softball field so that you can read the article if you're interested. Um, but, like, they also said that um, that there, there are really – there are very few studies about hormones and, like, their long-term effects. Like, they haven't really – there hasn't really been enough funding to study long-term effects of hormones on trans people. So, like, even doctors mm-hmm. who are experts – can't necessarily like answer all of your questions like if something you know if maybe some some bizarre medical thing was happening that could potentially be due to like the level of hormones you're taking or something it's not like there's a ton of like you know you just have to have be lucky and have like some brilliant doctor and like probably live in a major city or something like that um but but it's not necessarily like there aren't a ton of resources because there haven't been a lot of studies Right. Yeah, well, so the the article that Kelly sent us a couple weeks ago was about data collection and about how um, there's not really that much sophisticated organization of data because it, these are questions that aren't necessarily on someone's intake form. So and that, there's two sides to that, right? Like, on one side, you're like, why do you need to know personal details about my uh, right. e- either sexual identity or, or gender identity? Mm-hmm. Um, so So there's two arguments, like that that makes sense i feel like many people might express that concern over being asked things that that they don't think are important um but then there's the side that says like how do we like we why not just standardize all these questions so that each person it's not like we're making assumptions but each person is gonna tell us whether they're straight or gay or right cisgender or transgender so i don't i don't know like I, i can't make that decision for people about whether they would want a form like that or not but they Mm -hmm. the issue of data collection is still valid yeah yeah totally i i was just thinking too um in terms of being personally asked like have you ever had any experiences at the doctor that like have involved your sexual orientation actually just one um (laughs) because (laughs) i so one huge blessing of going to the same school that I did my undergrad is that my all my student health records carried over Mm -hmm. um so I went in this year for something that was stupid and they had they were reading me information like are you still blah 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 because they had had my intake form from like a time two years ago 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if I went in when I was, let's say I was a junior, like end of junior year, at that point I had been dating my girlfriend for a, quite some time. Um, and at some point the doctor this year goes, so, um, is it still true that you're not sexually active? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, did I tell you that I wasn't sexually? Like clearly, I mean, I wrote about this in that, in the essay that was yeah. like from March that, that I didn't un- really understand, like, what sex was or what the definition of that was. Right. But clearly, That's clearly hilarious. I didn't know. And I was like, <laughs> so this is after the conversation I had with my friends this year being like, no, like, that you, like, we'll still call that sex. Like, you're still going to write that, like, whatever right. for the record. Um, so That's I was like, so uh, funny. no, yeah, I am I am sexually active. And then the next question was, do you, are, do, are you with male or female partners? And I was like, well, if I had known you were going to ask me that three years ago, like, I would have <laughs> just said that, yes, I was actually active. Um, so, yeah. Yes, so I, they, love, I love that being part of, like, just the narrative of your life. Like, so yeah. it's still true that you're not sexually active. <laughs> so I was like, no, I was. Yeah. No, but I had no idea. That's so um, good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a fun little callback that I had, like, a, a blessing of, of doing my victory lap here. Yeah. I, I've had that same thing, though where doctors ask if you're sexually active and I just like don't know what to say Mm -hmm. because they mean in a hetero way like that's what they're asking about um yeah although they do are you saying because they're assuming they're just asking for like pregnancy possibilities or like right yeah because the STI thing is still is still yeah apparently something we're supposed to be worried about that I um, (laughs) is it though a a bad follower (laughs) like well you've been like basically with the same person since you you came to here but i'm not worried about it Um, i'm not i'm really not that worried either if i was but well who knows we would hate to assign like stigma to sdis but yeah i don't know you have like no reason to worry basically (laughs) i will let you know when something comes up (laughs) that should make me if anything possibly concerned (laughs) well Um, if if anything should it should (laughs) anyway um, I remember when I had my appendicitis and um, and they were like, they basically were like, are you pregnant? And I was like, no. And they're like, is there a chance you're pregnant? And I, and I was like, no. And they're, they're like, are you on birth control? And I said, no. And then they just did a pregnancy test anyway. And I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I don't. And then I was like, I'm not straight. Like, I don't have male partners. And they were like, oh. And they, like, the nurse was just like, oh, sorry, sorry. And looked, like, really taken aback. And, like, when I had to get a new doctor when I moved down to L.A. too, they were like, do you need birth? Like, three people, like, came in and were like, do you need birth control? Like, do you need, I can write you birth control. Like, do you need it? Do you need it? And I was like, no, I don't. Um, I don't know what it says about me that no doctors ever insisted on knowing whether I needed birth control. <laughs> I don't know. I feel. I mean, I feel like literally everyone just assumes that I'm straight unless, like, they know me. Yeah, you're you're pretty femme. Yeah, I guess so. Um, although they've clearly never seen you eat a burrito. <laughs> uh, it's only okay when we say it, okay, guys. <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Hmm. Anyway, Anyways, so back to back to I mean, these are there's no easy answer here. Like what like I I don't know what what would it take do you think in a major program like Harvard? I mean, first of all, I don't know. I I don't what would it take to like make institutional change happen at that level? I don't know cuz I don't really know how it works. I'm not super familiar. <laughs> I mean, we I have, have no idea what we're talking about. I have watched 11 seasons of Grace, so it's not like I right, know me nothing. Too. But <laughs> um I don't know, like hopefully Kelly will get her like dual Harvard MBA and medical degree and then become like chief of medicine and like maybe implement uh-huh. some I see institutional it. change. Like Kelly's I mean, my she's best. She's the smartest bet. person I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know other than that what what there is to right, do so no, no um, pressure but kelly's our only hope <laughs> um yeah no like i'm sure it seems though like the environment that she's in like a lot of the students care about that and like they're all super accomplished mm-hmm. people who are like asking for cha- you know like being like we want extra seminars like we will attend these whatever yeah. although it right. is kind of it is kind of crazy though to think like 
I'm curious. Maybe I'll ask my friend Jenny, who's also in med, med school. She's at UCI. I wonder. I wonder what she what classes she's taken because I feel like Harvard might be like very just like progressive and like cutting edge, and that's why they've had like Kelly said that she we're gonna have her talk about this when she comes on. But they had like one of the leading like trans doctors in the world come speak to them at a seminar. And he brought, like, this 14-year-old girl that he's been working with, and she spoke to them, too. Um, so, like, that's, like, a pretty cool resource. And yeah. That. And I don't know well, what it would be like to go to med school in, like, the middle of Texas and, like, if they're talking about it and how it, how mm-hmm. it works and, and I if mean, there's an I, awareness on campus. Right. I, well, first of all, Texas, like, probably not for other reasons, but <laughs> depending on where you were in Texas. Um yeah, and then this is, like, this is maybe, like, a little too much theory, but I feel like in this case, this is one of those places where economics fails us, like, and economics fails us all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, yeah. when we're talking about, like, scarcity of time and we're talking about um, making, like, valued, we'll say, I'm putting it in quotes, but you can't see me, mm-hmm. um, choices or, like, rational choices like the response will then be why would we spend time on that when like we only have to be that would be like five percent of the population you know like yeah and these are moments when those kinds of rational arguments like have to be overruled because otherwise you're gonna leave behind really important and vulnerable groups Mm -hmm. um and i'm just wondering if that has anything to do with the choices that top tier med schools make like these are people who have been trained in the art of of delegating time wisely because they get to this point yeah uh and i wonder if like that's just like part of the self-perpetuating cycle of like what's going to be important interesting i mean that's like disheartening though because then you're like anyway that's i think that's one of the arguments for for not changing things right um not that i'm sorry i'm not making the argument that is one of the arguments that people make that for why things wouldn't change for why things wouldn't change right um but we like we see those arguments all the time with with rare uh either rare circumstances or diseases that need attention and they need empathy and they need people to care about them um so i, I don't know maybe our generation is is that kind of thoughtfulness yeah yeah well there's only one way to find out we just got to keep living and then see <laughs> okay <laughs> see what the future's like yeah, well, we'd love to hear your thoughts if anyone has anything about, like, experiences or yeah, um, what it what it's like. I mean, obviously, we can't speak – we don't want to speak for or over trans people, but we, we'd love to hear more about it and learn more about it. Exactly. And also, um, I would love to hear – I mean, like, I really appreciate all of the messages that um, people have sent us, like, especially, especially people who identify, like, somewhere along the spectrum – um, it's really awesome hearing from you and let us know if there's like a topic that you want us like that you either want to learn more about or that you want to see like more represented on this podcast because yeah. this, this month like I definitely want to just like you know go after our mission even more of just like talking about things and like helping in educating ourselves and hopefully educating everyone else for just um, topics that and are. also tell us when we're being stupid. Oh, yeah. We we love that. We do. I actually, so there was a picture that I posted a couple, like this week or last week that was like, I'm an ally because dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And I quite cleverly was like, ha, 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 I'm an ally because I'm going to marry a lesbian. Oh, I saw that. And that was my, I held a little like whiteboard up. Um, and someone I know from college messaged me and was like, girl, you're tempting fate right now. Like, I thought I was ma- dating a lesbian, and then turns out it was actually a trans man. Like, Ooh. so that was my bad because I'd used specific yeah. language. Or what uh, if you marry and, a bisexual woman? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, there's, I, I made a note on Facebook. It was like, here's an edit. <laughs> I, like, I went after wordplay. Um, but bottom line is, feel free to call us out. We are we are not immune to humility. <laughs> Um, I don't think that that turn of phrase worked out as well as it thought it would. But anyway, um, we try to be to... try to be gentle if you call us out because <laughs> yeah. we both cry a lot. 
Yeah, alone, but but it happens. Um, I posted a photo yesterday of me and Czech kissing, which I'd never done before, um, for Pride, and it was uh-huh, it was that. it was pretty cool. Just like I I like understand the point of Pride. You know, it's like just to celebrate something that for a lot of people for at least some portion of their existence if not a large portion of it um is like a humiliating or scary or you know just like frowned upon thing and Mm -hmm. like I think that you don't really see I mean you just never see in media like two girls who are like a couple where it's like Oh my god, look how cute they are. I feel like it's still like this scary, weird, like Well, ed- I did thing. until they break up on Grey's Anatomy, but go yeah. on. <laughs> okay, I know that that was really hard on you. Um, it was so hard. <laughs> but, I mean, I just thought no, it was really sweet, like how many people were just like, aww, and like put like hearts, or like, this is cute, and like, that's like one of my- I didn't, by the way. What? I didn't. I know. Noted. At Bitter some, and single. Your silence was deafening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely, like, the song that I'm working on that I, like, I'm going to release this summer um, Ooh. is kind of, like, just me. It's kind of just, like, trying to be, like, a cute love story, but it's obviously, like, about two girls and, like, oh. and I <laughs> and I realized that like, when Sheck and I first started dating, like, everything that I wrote about, I was just so tortured by by the mm-hmm. by the fear and the anxiety and whatever that, like, all of the songs were just about, like, my complete misery. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I never really got, like, a cute love song out of it. But, like, now all of a sudden oh. I'm, in, I'm in a place where I'm, like, it would be really nice to, like, have a song that's, like, you know, just celebrating, like, this cute – like. I, w- I want people to have the reaction of, like, that's so cute and sweet. And then for me to, like, use a gendered word in there where you realize I'm talking about a girl. And you're still like, wow, yeah. how nice. I'm going to tell you, life after you've come out for a few years, the love stories are still not that cute. They're still kind of tortured. Um, what, what do you mean? I'm just saying there's plenty of room for torture even when it's not about coming out of the closet. Right, 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 right. Yeah, just, but, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to detract from the moment, no. it's very adorable, and I'm very, very excited to hear it, and, like, I still, I still reminisce fondly on, like, the very, very adorable start to a relation, you know? Yeah. It's, like, and maybe it's even more special because you're, you're older and you're coming out for the first time, but it's just, some of those stories are heart-wrenchingly beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just <sighs> think it's, like, it's cool for queer people to be celebrated and like some some people I don't even know who they are but people are like why do you need pride blah 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 and it's like it's actually extremely important to like claim to claim pride and like value and -hmm. to be proud of something like it's really a big deal because it's not a reality for most of these people right I think it's super common. I think people, I hear people all the time be like, why does he have to be so flamboyant Mm -hmm. or like whatever? And it's like, well, maybe this person spent 20 years in the closet and now they're like super excited about being themselves. And so just suck it. (laughs) Just suck it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all, I'm all prosed out today. Yeah, you've had some good one-liners. Can't wait to listen back. No. (laughs) um but I uh, no I I distinctly remember though um like when I was really falling in love for the first time I remember the very very weird like when, when I was okay let me explain this better when I was not with her I was like oh my god I'm gay like what does this mean I'm gay this is weird Mm -hmm. Um, and I was constantly reflecting negatively on it, but then, like, if I was spending time with her, and it was just, like, I was so wrapped up in that moment and that feeling that, like, I just remember feeling very, very normal, like, that's the wrong word, but at the time, that's what I felt like, it was, like, this doesn't feel like I'm, 
you know, with another girl yeah. in a very nominal way. It just feels like I'm with the person that I'm supposed to be with. Dude, exactly. That's so cute. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, not anymore, <laughs> but yeah. No, but that is totally... No, I, I definitely... Yeah, I definitely still, like, hold hold that feeling on a, on a pedestal, and I'm not bitter about that at all. Yeah. I think it was... I wish that for even my worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, me too. It really is. Mm. It is pretty incredible. And it... And the... Part of the craziest thing is, like, the dual reality of it... Right. Of it... On the one half of your brain is freaking out, being like, this is so bad and wrong or whatever. And then... The other part of you, like, knows how great it is. Like, you're just with a person who you're just like, I'm in love with you. Yeah. Like, I love hanging out with you. Like, you know, you see, like... I don't know about you, but did you did you feel like it was bad and wrong while you were with Shekel? No, never. Yeah, Literally exactly. never. So it's like, it... other during the day, you're maybe you're worried about it, but when you're there, you're just like, this is, like, for just how it's supposed to exactly. be. Exactly. Or you don't even think, you don't mm-hmm. even think this is how it's right. supposed to be. You're just, like, existing. Because it just is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Um, oh, okay. Um, but, like, uh, I just lost my train of thought. All these texts are coming in on my computer screen, and it's really annoying me. Um, so popular. I know. It's just really annoying. <laughs> so so <laughs> annoying. Just... Yeah, basically, like, you, you can have – you can have part of your brain that's like or it's basically it's the it's the exact dichotomy of all of society in the weight of the the world on your shoulders in on one end and then literally like complete bliss on the other and so it's like what I would imagine like most straight people or you know most people who didn't have like a tumultuous experience in love like it probably was just like you can remember back to that feeling and it was probably exactly the same like you know right it's probably yeah. just and I like when you're so like wrapped up and you like you know are late to everything and you like only want to talk to that person it's like all you think about and it's so exciting and so right. fun it's like that it's that whole thing yeah it's, it's it was so funny because I I feel like at, at the barrier like uh, I don't know I just I, I didn't at the it never felt occurred to me that I was testing a barrier or there mm-hmm. was like any anything wrong with it. It was just like everything happened very naturally and very yeah. much like you you don't stop yeah you're like slowly starting to like touch the other person yeah. on the hand <laughs> and like that's like totally exactly how it goes for for anyone and it was yeah. just like very very natural and and uh normal yeah. for all the w- weird ways that word is used. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if it's even more extreme in this circumstance actually, like in in a coming out type of circumstance because you just want to avoid reality even harder. You know, it's like <laughs> I didn't want to have to deal with my friends or my family or like talking to people about it because I knew that that would be like a whole you know, then that would involve a lot of the emotional labor of like overcoming all of these things so it's more just like it was even more like I just want to live in this hole with this one person and for no one else to exist yeah I don't know anyway yeah well that was cute (laughs) that was cute this episode is going to be insane to edit because my computer froze so many times and our audio is going to be all out of sync sorry I mean my not your fault the computers they're after us yes (laughs) um all right well we better take off here i'm gonna go see wonder woman tonight oh my god i'm very excited about i can't wait to hear your thoughts i haven't seen it but did you see it no okay well i'm very excited um then i'm gonna find an indie theater and have to go see band-aid yeah you should go see band-aid i've heard that wonder woman is like incredible and inspiring and amazing but then I've also heard that like you can definitely tell it was written by a dude because like why Shit. why does a love story need to be there and like why are they like yeah that was there's like a line Honestly, where they're like that was really they're like I don't know whether I'm should be scared or turned on and it's like no woman would yeah. ever write that they would just be like wow that was amazing <laughs> like I respect you that I, was cool yeah I I am um, I'm skeptical because I don't like superhero movies anyway yeah but, but i gotta go see what the hype is about yeah well it all right well should be amazing we'll start off with that next week good yeah 
for pride themed things and then we'll jump into whatever new topic we have for pride month <laughs> yes mm-hmm. uh enjoy pride and the weekend thanks. thanks you too yep yep bye bye, bye.